The 2011 National Draft was one of the first really big nights in the Giants' history. With 11 of the first 15 picks, the Giants brought together a bunch of scrawny teenage boys who would form a major part of their original AFL squad. They moved from their homes around Australia to Sydney, where it was up to them and a handful of other pre-draft recruits and coaches to get the league's 18th team on its feet. Almost eight years later, ten of those originals remain at the Giants, having helped steer the club through some bumpy times and through some much better times. Award-winning journalist Emma Quayle has caught up with each of them to talk about their individual journey as a Giant and what they've seen happen to their team in that time. Pick number five, GWS Giants. Player number 212060, Matthew Buntine, Dandenong Stingrays, Berwick Football Club. Okay, Matt, thanks for coming along. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's all right. Tell me about what jumps into your mind when you first think back to yourself as an 18-year-old, you know, getting drafted, getting on a plane a couple of days later to, to move to a new city. Yeah, bit of a whirlwind. Um, obviously, we had the draft up here in, in Western Sydney, just across the road, and... Um, Obviously, great excitement for me, and especially um, dreaming of, of being a footballer and you know finishing year twelve and sort of getting that. Um, always being sort of in the draft mind, but to officially get picked by the Giants was yeah really exciting, but obviously a little bit terrifying. You know, leaving mum and dad, all my mates that I'd sort of been to school with and, and lived with and, and hung out with her off the schoolies, and I was off on this um, big journey to, to start my career. So um, yeah, a lot of mixed emotions, but. A lot of fun, the fact that I knew a few people up here and, and knew that it was going to be all right and just something that I'd always wanted to do. Did you know the Giants were going to pick you before the draft happened? Uh, the, Can you remember? The morning of, yeah, my manager sort of let me know that I, I was going to be yeah, in that top five, so that was sort of nice security that no one could sort of poach me out of that. Um, yeah, and you so, had a few hours to get your head around it, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So mum and dad and... And us caught up with, um, I think, Sauce then and, and, and Craig Lambert, the, the um, welfare person. And, uh, yeah, it was great to sort of sit in that in the stadium at that night, sort of a little bit more calm that I would be sort of in, in Giants' colours for the, for the future. Yeah, because what had it been like through that year? Because, yeah, it was a brand new club. Obviously, the Suns are coming the year before and everyone saw what they were doing. But I don't know, like, was it a weird thing to think, like what? What is this club? Like I don't even know what it is, where it is, what it kind of stands for. Yeah, um, it's certainly strange to sort of be affiliated with that club after you know, even in the TSE Cup, we'd play against the team GWS, and I think we flogged them by about twenty goals at, at Dandenong Stingrays. So, um, but I knew a lot of the boys that sort of got drafted and knew the talent that they sort of picked up, and and obviously you know Adam Trelaws and Dylan Shields, who I played footy with a lot of my junior days, was um. Um, a lot comforting that I know that sort of there's going to be a lot of good players up there and, and hopefully that we, we could go well. But obviously <laughs> our early years didn't really pan out that way. But um, certainly it was, it was more excitement than fear, I think, of sort of what, what we were going to. It was just sort of yeah. like let's, let's attack this journey together. And it was different, wasn't it? I mean, if you'd gone to another club and you you'd might have been the only player to move interstate or one of two or three or something like that. But, yeah, you came up pretty much with a whole crew of of guys, didn't you? Like, you're all doing it together at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, the, the Brecky point setup that we had where there was 40, 44 on the list and everyone but Izzy was around. And it was just a 
strange. Like you probably can't replicate it in terms of the the feeling. Though it was just nice that we're always around each other. We're we're sort of driving together out because not all of us had our licenses and and things like that. But um, oh, it was just yeah, really exciting to be around kids like myself that love football and just wanted to to sort of make an imprint as soon as we could. You didn't get sick of each other at any stage? Oh, <laughs> pre-season's a pretty taxing time, so you can get moody and, and the rest, but you sort of find your niche, you find the boys that you sort of like to spend time with and that, and um, yeah, fuses would burst out on the training track, but off the track, we're, we're very good um, friends, most of the the group, and yeah, it was nice to sort of have that galvanised community in Brecky Point. You must know each other so well, because you would have seen all, yeah, the best and worst of each other, wouldn't you, at, when you've all moved away from home and going through those patches of, yeah, you know, wondering what you're doing and training hard and wishing you were back home at different stages. Like, did you just feel that, yeah, you really, you know, those guys Yeah, well? yeah, certainly, yeah. It's it's a, it's another family that you have with with the Giants and, and even seeing that, obviously, you see the ups and downs of players like Johnny's knees early days and, and then you see the highs of, you know, Toby, um, All-Australian and things like that. You sort of, you really... You've tracked their progress, or and you've been a part of their progress, and you see the work that people do that sort of not everyone gets to. So yeah, it's a real family, and even our parents and stuff. That obviously a lot of us boys are, are Melbourne or Perth. When they come up, they, they sort of do family gatherings without the boys, and they sort of love having their sort of parent time, which is nice. So yeah, it's a really strong, like community-based sort of club in that sense that the families get along well and, and we sort of all look after each other which is really nice yeah and you guys had a lot of help didn't you in those early days with yeah um yeah learning how to live i suppose yeah yeah craig and mal especially lambert were um were, were phenomenal for us but yeah every every mum that would come up would probably check check in on everyone's houses and make <laughs> really? sure we're doing our washing and <laughs> and cleaning and stuff like that so um i remember every year mum would send up once i come back from melbourne with like a bit of a a DIY pack with some washing liquid or yeah. all the all the chores and and stuff to get to have no excuses really with so yeah you learn pretty quick when you're living on your own to to get on top of those yeah things. and was that daunting early on like because it is exciting to move away from home and come to Sydney which is a pretty cool city but yep. when you were actually doing it day to day and having to figure that stuff out was it did it take a while yeah it took a, yeah it took a while more the energy I think because let alone doing that day to day can take its toll but plus your first pre-season of AFL football. And we're, we're doing big trips out to Blacktown. We're in the, in the, in the sort of, um, oh, what, are they, what are they called? The, um, yeah, just like the, the, the manable sort of yep. style setups and, and sort of leaving at quarter to six in the morning and not getting home till six o'clock at night. So to find the time for it was a bit of a challenge. And, and yeah, I think it, you grow up pretty quick, which is nice, and I think that's one thing that, um, looking back on, you certainly take for um, you don't take for granted because yeah, I certainly matured a lot more quicker, and yeah, I find that a lot of the boys here too did that as well. Yeah. What about what do you remember those early days training, like first preseason and the first couple of years, really when you're out at Blackdown and really training all over the place? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a mess at times. We sort of didn't know better, so. Uh, looking back on it now with, with our great facilities, you sort of go, geez, we, we had it pretty bad. And I still don't believe how, you know, your Luke Powers, um, your Chad Corns and, and Phil obviously coming from, um, you know, great clubs in, in their own right sort of came and didn't complain in front of us and, and that. So I sort of 
a lot of respect goes out to them just to get to work. But um, I think, yeah, because we didn't know any better, it wasn't too bad. But, um, yeah, I think it sort of set us up really well for for now that we're, we sort of appreciate what we get and, and we know that you can get the work in wherever you are and, and whatever you have. So I remember we did we did training sessions on basketball courts. Did you train on a, like a baseball Pitches, diamond yeah, yeah, at yeah, some point? Yeah. yeah, baseball diamond. So... Um, the great Mark Williams, Shaco Williams, was um, very resourceful. So, what, if you had a bit of grass, you, you'd really? be doing whatever you could do on it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, looking back on it, they're fond memories and, and, and ice bars in bins and stuff like that, which which we don't do anymore. So, um, yeah, it was a challenge, and, and driving around the place was was nice to explore Western Sydney and and sort of yeah get get thrown into that. But no, nah, it's. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's an interesting point, actually, because I suppose you get drafted to a footy club and you end up spending most of your time at the club and just in that area where you live, I suppose. But yeah, you would have um, got lost a few times oh, trying to find all these <laughs> training times. spots. Yeah, yeah, lost and and the M4 is infamous for um, some traffic and that. Yep. So blokes would um, you could leave five minutes difference at Brecky Point and it could cost you forty forty minutes. So um, yeah, we we certainly had good soundtracks in the cars and things like that because. Yeah, you could end up spending a long time in them. What did you used to talk about in all those drives? Because did you carpool? Yeah, 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 most of us carpooled because early days, no one really moved up their car until post-Christmas or some of us weren't even 18 yet. So, yeah, you'd carpool, not too sure really. It's just just chat. Some, sometimes you'd have a sleepy passenger, so that would yeah. be no good. You, you wouldn't want to pick them up and, and take them again, but... Yeah, just chat, probably dread what you're coming up to in the next couple of hours in training. But, um, yeah, that's probably where you sort of build those relationships, which is nice, where you just sort of chat about home and, and friends and, and what, what they want to get up to their interests. So that's why we're probably such a close group because we yeah. had that, that time together. Yeah, yeah, you are. And it did also, I mean, the guys started to leave kind of quickly as well, didn't they? Like you sort of had those two years and then a couple start to filter out and over time others have, have moved back to Melbourne and whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was probably just that short little period that you all had together figuring yeah. it all out. It's tough to see those blokes go because obviously you, you build good relationships, but it's, it's great to see so many of it, the Giants boys have moved clubs do so well. And I think that showed that we sort of, we did take a lot of great talent on and, and unfortunately our list can't keep everyone. And, and as long as we get a good deal out of it and, and I feel like we have and, and other clubs get looked after too, it's a great result. So you certainly keep a close eye on, on all the boys that we sort of, um, we have here and, and have moved on, which is, which is nice to sort of see doing really well elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. How did you go with, because in your draft year, I remember, um, everyone who spoke about you mentioned your leadership qualities and, and said that was something that you really had going for you. Yeah. I don't know if that's something, how conscious you are of that as an 18-year-old. It seems to be something that adults say about kids a lot. But I'm just wondering what it was like um, having those qualities and coming up with a bunch of kids your own age. You all obviously had Luke and um, Chad and a few other older guys. But I don't know, like, did you feel like you were a leader amongst that group? Or is that... Yeah. Um, I certainly felt like going through 18s and I was sort of a bit more mature and... And a leader type, but I certainly didn't, as soon as I got drafted, it was sort of more about making a good impression on, on the work that you did. So it sort of dulled down a lot, the leadership work. And I, I, one thing I did sort of think I had was always sort of 
was switched on and, and didn't really um turn off. So I was sort of just instead of being really outspoken and and sort of demanding, I sort of just put my leadership values and stuff into just doing the work and have a really good diligence throughout the training. I think that sort of respected and, and was recognised a bit when I was sort of part of the Emerging Leaders program and and things like that. But um, it wasn't like you had to get up here and order the others around and nah. tell them where to be and all that kind nah, of stuff. No, nothing, nothing like that. We're very fortunate to have, obviously, Phil and Wardy, Skulls that had sort of experienced a lot more AFL and, and obviously Luke, James McDonald, Chad Corn, Dean Brogan. They were great um, people that could sort of... you, you they've, they've had the experience. I know what they've done and, and you sort of just feed off them and, and ask them questions. So we're fortunate enough to have enough leaders that I didn't sort of have to... Or feel need the need to to sort of stand up and that and and plus, I think early days I, I I didn't manage to play too many games of football so, I feel in in this game you need to sort of make yourself a a, a bona fide footballer before you can really um you know take on that leadership role so I'll probably focus a bit more on, yeah myself and my football which is just as important. It's half time, so let's take a look ahead to next week's episode where Emma speaks to pick 11 in the 2011 National Draft, Toby Green, about the first season when nearly the entire playing list lived in a single apartment building in Breakfast Point. Yeah, like Cogs, Johnny, Dom, I'd hang around them a lot. Tay Adams and Dev were down the corridor for me in Brecky Point. Um, Jezza and Towno were up the top. There was just a bit going on in our apartment block. Now. <laughs> uh, Too bad for the neighbours. Oh, yeah. I think, oh, Tom had to move out of my apartment because Setsy had to move in with me because I was carrying on too much. (laughs) That's next week on The Originals. Before we get back to Emma's chat with Matt Buntine, I've got a quick message. Giants 2018 memberships start from just $58 for a supporter membership. If you want to get a seat at every home game at Spotless Stadium in 2018, you can become a Sydney Giant for a monthly fee of just $35.80. There are packages for everyone, so head along to membership.gwsgiants.com.au to find one that suits you and your budget. All right, back to Emma and Matt. Have you had a time in the six years where you felt settled in the team? Like on a, like truly settled? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, I seem to... I do play life and death football. And yeah. I think that sort of sums up where I'm at in terms of I've needed to, um, yeah, play that way and to, to maintain my spot. Miller wins the clearance. Oh, that's oh, he's required. Bunting. He's down. In trouble. In trouble. Bunting's been a really good play. Great courage going back with the flight. You know there's traffic coming. Just that head clash. That's, uh, nasty. Yeah, that's nasty. Certainly, probably, actually, maybe two years ago, before I did my hammy, um, I sort of felt like, yeah, I was in a bit of a groove, and and um, yeah, felt like I belonged out there. But and unfortunately, that you'd get picked the next week and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, did a hammy, missed the buy, and missed about six weeks, and and then yeah, just couldn't couldn't find a way back in. Joel Patfall was playing really good football, who came back in and. And then last year again, I, I sort of felt like I had a pretty good preseason and and sort of put my hand up really early on in the year. But yeah, football's a it's a yeah. weird game like that, and I think it keeps me on my toes. And and I understand I'm not the most talented footballer, and and we have some great players on this list that um, 
yeah, keep keep me working as hard as I can to get get a game. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully after this knee comes good, I can sort of yeah cement myself in there and, and, yep. and have a long career. Yeah. Because what's that like early days? Because yeah, you're humble, but you came up here a pick five. Yeah. Yeah, you can play footy. Like, did you think? Not that you expected to come in and play every week and then it was all going to be great and you'd, you know, have a few rough, couple of rough years and then win every game. Yeah. But did you, was it a challenge for you to, to come to a team and, and not be one of the, the best one or two players in the side and have to find your way in and, and cement a spot and figure out what it took to do that? Yeah, really tough. I think, um, especially early days when, yeah, you're an 18 year old and, and like you said, you're sort of playing rep footy and that you're the sort of, not that I was ever the most, dominant or, or or special player in those sort of teams but you're sort of always comfortable that yet you know your role and, you, and you'd go out there and play it and certainly you start questioning yourself a lot in terms of that that geez I'm a number five pick am I good enough if they stuffed up you know those sort of questions creep into your mind you just got to deal with them and, and sort of just put your best foot forward and I think over time you sort of grow up a bit and, and mature and and understand that um yeah you just got to make the best of the opportunity you have and, and if you're not good enough and you're not getting picked it, it's um that's just the way it is and I think it's taken me probably four or five years to um to get to that because it's certainly a tough tough aspect and even in the twos I feel like you sort of if you're playing well and you're not getting picked it's it does break you down a little bit here and there and there's some tough days tough conversations with Leon and, and line coaches with where where can I get a game why, why aren't I getting a game and and things like that so it's yeah it's um yeah, I think that number five draft pick at times can yeah can actually weigh you down a bit more in terms of the, yeah. on the night it, it sort of builds you up and it's great, but it can sort of be a little bit of baggage which yeah someone that you know gets rookie listed or or gets picked late has sort of no expectation and, and no label against them. Yeah. So has yeah. that come mostly from you though? Do you think like yeah. in term yeah because it feels as if like looking on I don't know like maybe it could have helped that you all came up here together and yeah. Yeah. yeah, pick one and two and three and five, seven, whatever else there yep. was in that draft. But yeah, do you think that yeah that is always there, sort of in the back of, or has been in the back of your head? Yeah, I reckon it's more internal sound yeah. for sure. Yeah, as as everyone you talk to at a football club, you, you're given a jumper and and you earn your stripes that way. So yeah, I think that's just a bit of a maturity thing that sort yep. of I, I certainly have to do, deal with for for a while there. That yeah, you sort of. You're not labelled. I don't walk around with number five written on my forehead, and people don't sort of judge me on that sort of value. So, um, yeah, that, that's certainly a challenge of it. But yeah, it's sort of. It, I think it keeps you on your toes, and and you always want to um, be the best footballer you can. And you sort of, instead of pressuring yourself that way, you just put your energy into the right things of, of training hard and, and doing everything right. Yeah. And was it nice that like when you had that little patch a couple of years ago where you felt the most comfortable you've been? Was that nice to not wake up every Monday and wonder? Have I done enough or am I going to get picked again? Yeah, it was really nice. It's, um, at the moment, obviously going through my knee rehab, that's sort of one thing that, yeah, I was, uh, certainly in the back of my head is, is a goal that obviously I just want to get back and play a game of football because I love it so much and I'm really excited to hopefully run out soon. But yeah, that's sort of the ultimate goal that I'll put all the energy and, and, and the work into this rehab to become a, a cemented good defender in, in this in Giants team and, and sort of feel that, that feeling again. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, are there ways, of, are there things that you've thought about or done while you've been stuck in rehab, you know, for pretty much a year? Yeah. Adam, about how you can do that? Um, yeah, actually, I, I sort of 
study outside of football now, so I certainly don't see football as a be all end all for me. Um, you know, I'm trying to progress that way and, and understand that football is only going to be a 10, 12 year thing. And, and I've got great mates that have sort of been in the game and, and, and sort of unfortunately retired or, or been delisted that you still don't look at any different. They're still your great mates and, and things like that. So, yeah, just changing perspective on that sort of thing that people don't judge you on, on the amount of games you play, on, on how good you are, how far you kick a football has really, um, yeah, taken me to, to sort of a lot more comfortable place and, and yeah, really enjoying football again, like for, for what I sort of, those sort of years where you're on the, on the sidelines and, and just yep. fighting to get in, you sort of, beat yourself up a lot. And I guess you get caught up in that week to week, yeah, that emotional roller coaster, I suppose, all the ups and downs, but although you don't want to be injured for that long, it's yeah. removed you from that week to week yeah. thing, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has and yeah, people still ask me to go out for coffees and the boys still get around me now. So yeah, as a lot of people actually say it's gonna be the most growth you do in your life is maybe like that they see is, as an athlete is when you get given a real big injury and I think yeah that's sort of a big lesson I've learned and um yeah it's sort of it's going to hold me in hopefully great stead for for the rest of my career. It was a bit bizarre you know wasn't it like didn't they say it yeah you sort of what partially tore it <laughs> sometimes years yeah, and years ago? yeah it was a bit of a bit of a weird one yeah they when they scanned it they sort of thought I'd nick my meniscus at, at training and um obviously Got a phone call from Doc saying, "Yeah, look, we saw we found a um, medial meniscus tear, but have you ever had a knee injury with your uh, anterior crucial ligament?" And I can't recall anything except for putting a few salt bars, uh, salt packs on it when I was about sixteen. So I, yeah, I had a degenerative ACL, which was a bit of a bit of a shock. Yeah, hit me hit me like a ton of bricks when when that sort of came through. I'd need a reco on it. But, um, Would have been the last thing you were expecting. Yeah, yeah. it certainly was. and um, Yeah, but like you, you can't do much, you know. And, and unfortunately in the game, you know, Johnny's been through some Tim Moore and unfortunately Adam Kennedy who silly just wanted to join me, I think, for the, <laughs> for the 12 months. That was very generous along. of yeah, him. Yeah, very generous. So, um, yeah, just one of those things that unfortunately I got that sort of had to deal with it. And, yeah, I'm... Nearly through it now. It hasn't been as dark and, and as miserable as I thought it would be. So, um, and like I said, I've, I've learned some good lessons of just general life and and focuses outside of football, which has really helped. Yeah. Are you essentially the same person that you were when you moved up? Do you think? How has the experience of the last six years changed you or affected you in an overall sense, do you reckon? Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I reckon I'm the same person. Obviously, matured pretty quickly, you know, I'd don't need mum and dad to cook me dinner and, and wash my, my clothes and all the rest. But yeah, I think I haven't changed too much. You know, I think that's the best thing about the Giants. We actually embrace individuals and people for, for who they are. And, you know, we all get along and, and sort of, yeah, you just sort of get to be at home here and, and sort of just be who, who you want to be. And, and yeah, apart from, I don't know, growing my hair a bit longer and, and, um, yeah, just sort of enjoying Sydney and being a Sydney sider instead of a Melbourne. And yeah, I haven't changed too much, which is nice to sort of to know that yeah, the club hasn't moulded me or or Sydney hasn't really changed me at all. It's nice to um, yeah, know that I've come up here and just embrace life and and, and live life as as much as I can with yeah, it. Yeah, figure out who you can and just grow up and yep. yeah, yeah, six years and hopefully yeah, <laughs> heaps more to come. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, excellent. All right, thank you, Matt. All right, thanks, Emma.
This has been a Giants Media production. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, share it on social media, and tell everyone you know about the originals.